Hello, everybody. Welcome to Standard Definition here on Boss Network. I'm your host. This episode, Dan Latina Sider ADB. And joining me is the one, the only, Bossman himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello. We're doing a lot of things together now, and it's exciting. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've been doing a lot of recording for you, and I'm excited to have this opportunity to record with you. Every time we get together, we record, I, I get excited. Yeah. So, yeah. But, it's, uh, I mean, the week we're recording this, I don't even know when this is going up, but uh, we're kind of finally getting into that uh, rhythm that we originally wanted to get into with Pow Block <laughs> all those years ago, right? Because we have, we have uh, uh, Pow Block going strong, we have Expansion past hitting its stride and now we're doing retro nintendo stuff for standard death so we're like you know in that kind of sweet spot of really nailing what we wanted to do originally like five years ago and now we're just you know i mean it's it's uh better late than ever i guess we, we have our friends along for the ride too if, we, yes. if they want i guess yes well everybody as you can see this episode we're going to be covering the nintendo entertainment system i was trying to make it, it i was trying to make you laugh and you didn't budge you want to know why i have my uh, my eyes closed <laughs> uh so <laughs> okay i didn't expect that nailed it uh yes and right we are covering the nintendo entertainment system and there are some things about the system that I didn't know, but it really has a big history back in the day. I and we're gonna kind of talk about where we got our systems, some of our memories, uh, some of the games that we loved and that we played, and even some of the games that kind of got on our nerves. Kind of became the oh, like Tom content. Sawyer's Adventure, Adventures of Tom oh. Sawyer was, hmm, mm. mm. that. Mm. We'll talk. We'll get there. You uh, yes, we will. <laughs> well, I'll get so, there, and then Ed'll just make uh, cringy faces at me. It's fine. See, oh, even, no, my, because, even my son is upset about that. Oof. Oh no, because Strider for me was a game that it, that not only frustrated frustrated me, almost made me cry. And I will get to that story when we get there. Um, well, just a little bit of history of the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released on October 18th, 1985. It was considered as a toy and not a video game system because it needed to be in toy stores, and toy stores would have thought it was a computer and they wouldn't sell it. So in order for that to happen, they considered it as a toy. That's why you kind of see it at Toys R Us and other places like that. Um, along with the release, uh, ROB, which stands for Robotic Operating Buddy, was helpful to marketing the system so it was kind of like a little bit accessory or add-on uh, with it uh, Nintendo had its sites for the Famicom to release through Atari it had the name Nintendo Advanced Video Game System but it fell through once Atari seen Coleco showcasing Duddy, uh, Donkey Kong on its console I did not know that because the yeah, Famicom I didn't know was, that either yeah the Famicom was out and uh 
Nintendo, uh, I guess, um, wanted to like get into the market of it, and so in order for them to do that, I guess they were going to partner up with Atari because Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, but Mario Brothers was on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I remember. Well, so was so was Donkey Kong. So was Donkey Kong. See, I had I, it. I. <laughs> I don't remember Donkey Kong on the time. Yeah, we got all the really bad uh, uh, arcade ports when my dad brought home our NES or my, our Atari. It was Donkey Kong. It was Pac Man. Like it was. I don't. I don't think I had Mario Brothers, but I remember like all of the bad arcade ports <laughs> in this in this Atari, which was like at the time, like in the eighties, it was cool, right? I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. You brought the arcade home and hook it up to your TV. It was cool. You didn't know they were bad at the time, but Man, Atari, dude, Atari and even NES Pac-Man, dude, they're just bad. Oh, they're... well, no, I we're gonna have a discussion. I know. I'm that. just, I'm just saying, like it was like, I, I just, I just remember Donkey Kong on the Atari, and it was like really jarring. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. In America, it sold 34 million consoles, and that's just America um, for it. And the system was dis- discontinued on August 14th, 1995. So close to 95. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, they were already marketing the 64 at that point. Yeah. The Nintendo 64 was out in, like, what, uh, September of 96? They probably wasn't making no games for it. But... Well, because Mega Man and Kirby came out in 1996, I think. Didn't some any hold on ninety six NES games? I'm looking this up because I remember NES games coming out in 1996. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking. Hold on, hold on, everybody. Let me look some things up. Where well, Corey is looking that up? Oh, um, no, I lied. The, no NES <laughs> games in '96. The NES um, came with the original one. Um, there was kind of, I think, two bundles because there was one that, that it had the system. It came with two controllers: the Zapper, um, Super Mario Brothers, and Duck Hunt. That's and the one I Rob. have. Oh, I don't have the Rob one. I have the one without Rob. Yes, the, I think the first iteration was with Rob. Yeah. And then when they discontinued Rob, they just had those because I saw I had. Um, the I had that one too, Corey, where it was just the Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, the controllers, the Zapper, and Super Mario Brothers, and um, Duck yeah. Hunt. I still have um, the box. I remember the box because the box on the front was advertising the pad for track the the track state not stadium events the other one track and field track and field yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah I still have the box. Man, my son is not very happy right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember, see. I, my, my cousin had the original NES before I got mine. I remember getting mine in 1987 um, because when I got mine, I had played Contra already. I had played Mario Brothers and, you know, uh, Duck Hunt, uh, Kung Fu. I had played a lot of that at my cousin's house. Um, but once I got mine, uh, my first third-party game actually was Pac-Man. Uh, and I had Pac-Man on the Atari um, for it, so I think that there was a difference at that time because the Pac-Man on the NES 
kind of feel like a little bit close to the arcade game. Now, even though with the Atari one, um, I had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Junior Pac-Man on the Atari. But I had Pac-Man on uh on the NES and I played that like every day and with it. Yeah. I uh I remember I remember getting mine. It was like uh so I I I had an Atari and then I got my Game Boy first. So that that was 1989, right? So I think in mm-hmm. probably 1989 right after that my cousin gave me his NES cuz he got a Sega Genesis. And so yes. I got all of his games. Yeah, I remember uh when I got my cuz I think my cousin let me use a uh Icaria Warriors and I remember, you know, um playing Castlevania on it, playing Double Dribble, um playing a lot of Konami and kind of Capcom games. I actually when I got when it came to Mega Man, I went to my brother's friend's house and played it there. I didn't start the Mega Man series until Mega Man Two, but I remember playing one and seeing how the game was beaten. So when I was able to play Mega Man One finally, I knew what all to do. But I actually started the series um, playing it wise with, with Mega Man Two, and I. I would get my Nintendo games on my birthday or Christmas time, unless it was like a really cheap sale. Uh, and I remember my mom getting Super Mario Brothers 2 through her job because it was a hard game to find. Yeah. I, uh, so I was, I was lucky. I ended up, I, so with my NES, my, my cousin gave it to me, right? He mm-hmm. gave me, he gave me the NES and, like gosh every time i start talking my son starts to cry <laughs> uh i got the any i got the nes and i got all three mario games and i got Yeah, I remember when I got my NES, I got all three Mario games. I got uh, Turtles 1 and 2. I got one of the Simpsons games, which was just like, I didn't, I don't really care about the Simpsons. But I remember I got really good at that trivia game. <laughs> uh, but uh, I got that. I got Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. And uh, I still have all those games downstairs. But that was like <laughs> that was like the extent of my my nes uh uh adventure right because like i got Mm -hmm. it late i was only like four when it when i got mine uh and after that like i ended up getting a sega genesis after that because my cousin got one so my parents just got one for me (laughs) you know (laughs) and so like my nes was like my ninja turtles and mario machine and i didn't even experience a lot of what nes had to offer until after after the fact, right? Like Metroid and Zelda and Kid mm-hmm. Icarus and, you know, Mega Man, which I still I still can't play Mega Man to save my life. So sorry to disappoint you, Ed. But I have so my my goal one day is to actually play through the Mega Man games, but Did you ever get the Mega Man collection? 
Yeah, I have the Mega Man collection, the Mega Man X. I well, I have both Mega Man X collections. I have the Mega. Mm-hmm. I have both Mega Man collections, and I have Mega Man Eleven. So I have all of them on the Switch right now, and I just, <laughs> just yeah. need to play them. Yeah, well, I do. I, well, I know for uh, for me, um, like I was the kind of kid that. You know, when if I played the arcade version, I had a feeling that that game was going to show up on the Nintendo version, and there were going to be different. Uh, they were going to be different graphically, definitely in play style. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when people, when you look at Ninja Turtles the arcade game, mm-hmm. and you look at the arcade, of course it's going to be like four players and and all of that. And when we start to, uh going through the history of the Super Nintendo, that's going to be a discussion also because yeah, I feel like that's the the Super Nintendo discussion is going to be a lot longer than this one. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, With but the, speaking of speaking oh. of Ninja Turtles, sorry, I, I know as of this recording, the, that Cowabunga collection was just announced, like you know, like a week ago. Not to date this uh-huh. episode because these are meant to be kind of evergreen episodes, but uh, yeah, man, I was really excited to see the NES versions of the arcade game on there because, like, sometimes when yeah. there's sometimes when there's two versions of a game, right? Like they don't they include one without the other, and it was really cool to see the arcade version and the NES version of that game on there, which was, like, it was a big deal to know that, like, that was, like, the first time I became cognizant of, like, some companies were were putting arcade games on the home console, right? Because, like... Yes. I remember when we would go on vacation and stuff, there would be a Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet, right? And Mm -hmm. it was, was like, all the brawlers in a row, all the Konami brawlers in a row, right? It was was X-Men... It was uh, the Simpsons, and it was Ninja Turtles, and they were all in a row. And the the X Men one was always in the middle because it was six players, and then it was anchored by two four player cabinets. And it was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is amazing! This it was like those are <laughs> that's like my arcade experience right there. Is like I know a lot of people are like, oh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat or whatever. No, the 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 arcade experience for me was Ninja Turtles, X Men, and like. Cruising USA, <laughs> right? So uh, the fact that like it was the fact that like my four or five year old brain could put put together like that arcade cabinet was playing on my Nintendo at home. It was it was awesome. It was like that was like the first time I became cognizant of like okay, these games kind of, some games exist some places and some games exist all places. You know, like yeah. really. Tr- differentiating first party and third party without really knowing what it was called at the time. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Because even Ninja Gaiden, uh, at, well, at the time I was calling it Ninja Gaiden was different. Dark we all were was different. <laughs> we, <laughs> right. I still like, have to we, think about it when I say it out loud. I'm like Ninja Gaiden. Like I have to like emphasize the Gaiden. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't find the name out of it until the wizard came out, and the guy was just like, was just like Ninja Guy did, Ugh. and I was just like Ninja Guy did. I thought it was Ninja Guy did. Yeah. Like it, it, it puzzled my mind because we didn't mm-hmm. actually have commercials that that was pronouncing gays. Like Tecmo never, I don't never, I've never seen a Tecmo commercial ever in America mm-hmm. about the series. Yeah, but well, I remember. Oh, go ahead. oh no, go ahead. Sorry. I... Oh no, go ahead. 
Uh, I was I was just gonna say like I didn't realize it was called Gaiden until Ninja Gaiden came out for Xbox, the original Xbox. Oh wow! Because like I've never seen the Wizard, so uh, my first introduction to Mario Three, by the way, was not the Wizard. It was uh, Three Ninjas. So, now, which is weird because I thought I thought you would see the arcade game, the test game. And toy stores, Mm-mm. and I'm assuming you did it. No, see, so like when I was introduced to NES games or arcade games, it was usually with my cousin who was like he's mm-hmm. he's like ten years older than me. So like anything that he had, I automatically thought was cool. It didn't matter where he got it or what it was, right? Because I just wanted to be cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, so like my introduction to the NES. Like, he gave me his, but, like, also my introduction was my grandma had one in her basement, and the only games that we would play were Marble Madness and oh, <laughs> and uh, Double Dragon. Those were the games my grandma had, which was weird. But, you know, and, and that was, like, my introduction to NES, and then she got me a Game Boy, and then I ended up getting his NES. So, like, it was, like, this weird roundabout way. But... Uh. Yeah, but, like, I, I just, there's so many interesting and unique games on the NES that I never got a chance to play until I was older. And even now, I really appreciate, especially Konami and Capcom right now, Yeah, really putting out strong collections of these older games. And, like, an, it's nice to have these old games in a way to, in a in a more modern fashion, you know, to play. Uh, so yep. I, don't, I don't have to like dig out SCART cables or find an HDMI composite, uh, you know, adapter or anything. It's just really nice, and I wish, I wish more companies would do this. Yeah, because they're still like Data East, um, Navco, Tecmo. Uh, there's still a lot of Japanese companies that put out a lot of great NES games. Like people don't remember Carnal for Bad Dudes. Like the Data Heat, the Data East history. I don't think anybody wants is... to remember Bad Dudes. Let's be honest. But you know, but, but, Jesse, but was... Jesse's the one that played it on Switch. Remember when they was came to Switch and uh, yeah, I just remember you guys one. talking I... about him. Yeah, because I beat the arcade game, and I had it for the NES. I I beat it on the NES. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I guess, the the reason I, uh, I even I rim and stuff, it, the reason I bring up Data East and all of these other companies because they were kind of like somewhat B-tier of, of games, but a lot of them were kind of like their mascots that they were known for on the NES um, for the arcade. Like when we talk about Double Dragon, the Double Dragon that we've actually played on the Nintendo is not the real good version. The Sega Master System had the arcade version, which was bonkers at the time because we all knew Double Dragon was on the Nintendo, and like it had that yeah, was kind of like bad. Well, I think only was, two enemies on the screen at the same time, and they had to be the mm-hmm. same enemy because uh, they didn't know how to to manipulate the RAM in the unit to <laughs> make yeah. other enemies, right? Yeah, which made that game like it was ridiculous. That game was was just not great. But if you look at it, it was kind of the first 
role-playing game mechanic and that wasn't in a role-playing game in in, in a sense like we mean? have like like so i just remember to, really bad platforming <laughs> in order to gain more the moves in it you had to reach a certain uh score like it, was, it almost felt like you were grinding oh see get I, I, I didn't know that i, I yeah that's yeah and you never did that in an arcade game because it, of course it was two players and everything and it was slow um Trade West had to do a different mechanic in order to get it because you couldn't do co-op on the NES. But if you play the Sega Master System version, it literally is arcade. There isn't no um, grind system or anything because you was able to drop kick and elbow and uh, 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 people and uh, enemies in that. And you know when you had Billy and Jimmy on screen, uh, you was able to do two player on the Sega Master System. Uh, and the reason why that happened is because Sega made that version. They got the license from, I think, Trey West or whoever held held the Double Dragon uh, license and actually created the game on the Sega Master System. There was That's why when people play some of the Sega Master games on it, Sega didn't allow no third-party games on there. That, and that was part of the notes uh, that I have. What, on for... the Master System? Yeah. They didn't allow third-party games on the Master System? That seems uh-huh. hard to believe. Yeah, um... The a ten NES authentication uh, authentication chip is in every console and every licensed cartridge. If the console chip cannot detect the counterpart chip inside the cartridge, the game does not load. Nintendo portrayed these measures as intended to protect the public against poor quality games and place a golden seal of approval on all licensed games released for the system. Nintendo was not as restrictive as Sega, which did not permit third-party publishing until the media game in late summer of 1988. Uh, Nintendo's intention was oh, to well, reserve... by that time, they are prepping for the Genesis at that point, so... Yeah, but then it still carried along, even to the Sega Genesis, because um, when Strider and Forbidden Worlds came out uh, on the Sega Genesis, even uh, uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Sega did all of those versions. Capcom did not do it. Capcom didn't release their first game until Street Fighter. Too. Hmm. Uh, and Konami, they didn't, didn't like they put it, they started out putting the games out, but that was like real late into the Super Nintendo life. So that's why you got uh, Zombie Ate My Neighbors and um, Rocket Knight Adventures only on Sega Genesis and, and Snatcher on Sega CD. It was because Konami took a long time to get onto the uh, Sega Genesis. Like Sega wasn't letting nobody doing it until I think maybe a couple years or maybe a year after the Sega Genesis came out or two years because that's when we started seeing like Mortal Kombat and all of those other games because uh, I don't know how Sega was able to make that Mickey Mouse game what, Castle of Illusion? Castle of Illusion, yes. Sega made that. Yeah, I mean it was probably just a deal by Disney to be honest but, but Capcom had the Disney games I think on the NES because uh, they had Chippendale, DuckTales, Tailspin. Well, I mean, had... maybe maybe Capcom developed it and Sega published it. Maybe that was the way they got it over here. So then how did Aladdin... This is crawling into Super Nintendo Air Territory, so I'm sorry, everybody. How well, did Aladdin... I mean, I mean, once you get into there and Sega realized they had to battle Nintendo, then they probably mm-hmm. loosened that stuff up because 
I don't know. I remember third-party games on the Genesis. Yeah. Specifically were... Konami games, right? Like Rocket Knight and uh, Turtles. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, there's enough of that stuff on there that that, that must have changed real early on. It, it Yeah, because by time, as long as, I don't know what year it was, but I'm like, that's why the six button controller was done for the Sega Genesis. Well, so those Capcom, were done for that was done for like the fighting games, right? Because I remember specifically a lot of people were yeah. excited for Street Fighter on the yeah. Genesis. Yeah, because they didn't have really have Eternal Champions was the only fighting game at out at that time for the Sega Genesis, and Sega made that. So Sega's a history. Sega has a history. But Gosh, we got, we got to do it. We we got to do one on the Sega Genesis at some point. Yeah, because I because I. I think I feel like the Sega Genesis is important not only to the 16-bit system but to gaming in general. I mean, I think I think the Genesis is important because it gave Nintendo a run for their money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I know it was kind of the only console that did well for Sega, but I mean, it did enough to to scare Nintendo a little bit, right? So, yeah, uh, because they were, I mean, they were allowing quote-unquote mature games on their platform and they they had a rating system before the esrb existed and they had the sega channel which was essentially game pass before a game pass you know <laughs> yeah. i mean they sega was just like they were really ahead of their time in a lot of ways and on a lot of their systems right and and mm-hmm. it just uh you know timing is everything i guess but they just man i just i remember the genesis being like a modular console which i mean look what we have now right they're essentially you know adding memory and and stuff to to the consoles and stuff it's just it i don't know right i mean they had the uh sega cd they had the 32x they had the sega channel they had the the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, which you could plug two and three into, right? They had a lot of interesting things. They had, you know, they had a headphone jack in the first version of the Genesis. Yeah, I know. I because it had the slide. It had the slide yeah. in there. Like I, like you would never think what we what we have for Bluetooth gaming for our consoles. Mm-hmm. The Genesis was kind of like, even though of course we didn't have Bluetooth technology to push your headphones in, like because Nintendo didn't do it to the Game Boy, um, but mm-hmm. the Genesis had had it where, where you could listen to the music and stuff. Like I used to play Streets of Rage two with the headset um, because it was just like there was a difference in hearing the music through the TV than hearing it through the system itself. Yeah. So. So. I mean. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll do a whole episode <laughs> on the Genesis because I could I could talk a lot about Sega Genesis. Yes, my brother had one, so I have history with that system. Oh, trust me, I have some good history with that. Um, but with the NES, yeah, the ten NES, we covered it on uh Poblock, um, uh, and kind of went over what it was like. It's like us, like I said, it was a lockout chip, um. But uh, Wisdom Tree, they were able to get a hold of the patent or see how they could like override it and started making uh, their Christian games on the system without it being licensed through Nintendo, getting their approval. Uh, we talked about Tetris um, on uh, Expansion Pass with Tengen, uh, which was Atari's subsidiary, on how they were able to get their games on the system without 
Nintendo even know until Tetris came out. Yeah. Um, and that was a very interesting thing. But uh, we remember that when, you know, putting the game in and pushing it down and cutting on that power button and seeing that red button. Now, sometimes it will work. Yeah. <laughs> Other times it will flash. Yeah. And a lot of tricks were uh, you had for some people they put it under their t-shirt and they blew into the cartridge and or they would be able to put it in uh, and then put it like down try it to see if it would cut on if it didn't they cut it off and uh, uh-huh. sometimes they would move the cartridge around and then press it down again and then it would work. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you what I had to do for my NES for years until I replaced the pins about five or six years ago i had to like put it in like three quarters of the way and then try to push it down into the nes before the cartridge was all the way in and that was the only way it would work oh wow i'm surprised it did not break my nes like for real it was uh, you i think about it now and the sounds that that thing made as i pushed the Mm -hmm. cartridge down and oh my gosh it was like what was i doing what was i doing so i mean yeah it's the NES was a, and then they finally released that top loading one with the dog bone controller, which was essentially a Super Nintendo controller <laughs> with two buttons instead of six. But I mean, yeah, man, uh, yeah. But I mean, they they made the NES look a VCR, so it would look like it belonged in the living room, right? That's yeah. that was the whole redesign from the Famicom, was so that yeah. it looked like it it belonged in the living room. Yeah, you it, you would put it in, put it down, and then you would close the top so yeah. the dust wouldn't get in. Uh-huh. Uh, but like as kids, we didn't know, we didn't think about that. We were just no. like we could put our games in and just play it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a similar thing to what the Wii was later, right? Where Nintendo designed the console so you would know how to use it when you hooked it up, just like a VCR, yeah. right? People were learning how to use VCRs and they're like, well. We don't need to change. We don't. We want people to apply that logic to our console. So instead of a tape, you put in a cartridge, and you put it in. Now, I mean, obviously, you had to press down, right? Instead of the the VCRs kind of suck the tape in and yeah. put it down for you. But uh, it was the same notion. And then, right, it was the same thing as the Wii later, where oh, this controller looks like a remote. I know how to point a remote at the TV, right? And then yes. So they were doing that way back in the eighties. Yeah, it was the ease of access for it. Now, when we think of uh, the NES, um, of course, we think of a lot of their first-party games, and it's it's completely undeniable. We'll get to the power glove. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to accessory stressing. Zapper. uh, But like, there are a lot like. So I talked about this on Pop like way back when that I didn't know that Miyamoto and his team did the version of Kung Fu for the NES. Um, that was an IRM game that was in the arcade, but Miyamoto and the team did the port for it. Didn't it to did not know that. Um, a lot of their games when they first started out were coming in to come in from the black box, and it was considered as the black box collection. Um, with this, so you know, Super Mario Brothers was one of them. Uh, Kung Fu was another one of them. Um, Metroid did Metroid and Kid Icarus weren't part of it, 
um, they weren't part of the silver collection because when those games started coming out, they were silver. Um, Golf is one of them. Uh, they had a, um, a ski game, and I cannot think of it. Um, that was one of them. Uh, yeah, I like, I like a lot of their sports ones was part of it, and pinball was part of it. So it was kind of like their like little basic names, uh, like sports games and stuff like there that came out and do it. I think um, the alley one that we was talking, no, Urban Champions was one of them. Uh, and they had an alley game that, that was like a shoot 'em game for the Zapper. Yeah. Uh, with it. Yeah. Um, so when I think of the NES, I guess, uh, in terms of in terms of games like man i i mean i think of super mario and i think of ninja turtles obviously but i also think of like the hours i spent playing tetris you know Mm -hmm. or the hours i spent playing marble madness marble madness dude was the game right it was so hard for me to play that game. <laughs> I mean, Marvel Madness was like it was like the game I always look forward to playing when I went over to my grandma's house because my parents wouldn't buy it for me, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> which you know, whatever. I, as an adult and a parent, I understand <laughs> you know certain things better. But at the time, it was like, man, I want Marvel Madness really bad, and uh, I remember Duck Hunt playing with the gun. I thought. How does I sat there and like tried to? I couldn't understand how this gun was working on the t- on the TV, right? Yeah, I just didn't understand. Uh, I think of a lot of games that I never played. I think of a lot of iconic characters that are still around today, making their first appearance there, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously Mario and Luigi and Link and Zelda and Samus, but also like you think of Mega Man, you think of, I mean, you think of of Pit from Kid Icarus, you think of, I don't know, even Pac-Man to an extent, even though like Pac-Man, the NES version of Pac-Man wasn't very good, right? But I don't know. You just think of all these iconic characters that are still around Donkey Kong and and they just, they survived so long. And I think that says a lot to, I think that, I think that says a lot to how Nintendo designs games. I think that says Mm -hmm. a lot to creating an interesting world and interesting characters on a platform that revolutionized the home market after the the crash in the 80s, right? I mean, yeah. that's a big part of it too, right? Like nobody after, like everybody kind of points at the NES as the starting point of console gaming, like no, I mean Atari and ColecoVision and the Magnavox Odyssey were all home yeah. consoles before that and there were so many people making games for these consoles that it's just like I mean, you they did a whole documentary on the ET cartridge for. Uh, I still won't see that one. I mean, it was it. In that landfill, ended up being a lot more than just ET, right there. It was like a ton of Atari garbage, but. I mean, the myth of of the ET uh, uh, cartridge and how ET killed the console gaming market, 
right? Right. And so a lot of people just kind of point at Nintendo being the starting point and look at what they did in a dead market with interesting games that taught you how to play the games or didn't teach you, right? I mean, you look how vastly different <coughs> look how vastly different Zelda is from Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. I mean, Mario, if you don't jump over that first Goomba, you die, right? So the mm-hmm. game teaches you how like to avoid enemies, to jump, and then they, you know, they have the flashing question mark blocks blocks and you hit them and there might be something in it, right? And so uh that game teaches you a lot based on game design where Zelda Zelda doesn't teach you anything. If you don't go in that first cave right there in that first screen, you don't get the sword and you're done. Exactly. You're done. Right? And so I mean, Nintendo just did a lot with game design that was interesting and unique and worlds that people wanted to be in, right? I mean, at the mm-hmm. time Zelda was the Dungeons and Dragons game that, you know, was on the screen. Or yeah. Metroid was like the alien game that we never got. You know, isolation, yeah. scary, uh, shooting aliens, shooting big creepy bosses, right? And so Nintendo did a lot with the IP. They did a lot with their games. And we didn't even know at the time that the games that we were getting were different from the Famicom versions in Japan. The, the original Legend of Zelda is this be different in Japan than it is in America. Um, Super Mario Bros. 2, okay, we keep going back there, and everybody knows that now it's Doki Doki Panic, but mm-hmm. we didn't, as kids, we didn't know. If you was looking at Yeah, we didn't get it until Power... Super Nintendo as the Lost Levels. Right, and when uh, Nintendo Power came out, and we, like, was seeing it, like, they, when they did Super Mario Bros. 2, they did, like, a claymation of it. Mm-hmm. And they spoke nothing of Doki Doki Panic. Japan didn't, didn't want us knowing any of that. Yeah. Or like, you know, I mean, look at Metroid. It is a totally different game over there because it was based off the on the Famicom Disk System. Yeah, which was like super revolutionary and changed a lot of the way that game works. But we didn't get that version here, right? Because we didn't get the Famicom Disk System. Right. Because the thing about it is, you were able to save games on the Famicom Disk mm-hmm. System. We didn't get it. We got Metroid, but it came with a password. And mm-hmm. same thing with Kid Icarus. That it was a vertical. What people don't know about Kid Icarus, it was a vertical game. It wasn't horizontal until you got to the second portion of that first level. Everything continued to be vertical. And when it really changed, like it's kind of almost in a way three games in itself. A vertical jumper, um, a Metroid style adventure when they get to the second level. And then the last level turns into a 2D shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Like, who. Who who was creating anything like that? It, it's I don't I still believe, and then maybe just me. I've never seen anything like that done to this very day. Mm-hmm. No, and ice climbers that is what it is. But a lot of people don't. I, I never played ice climbers on the NES. It came and went, and I didn't realize it until like Smash Brothers to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, this was a popular game. I'm like, when? Because I don't remember ice climbers or NES. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I uh, uh, it, go ahead. I mean, Ice Climbers was like uh, Ice Climbers was this really weird thing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't uh, play it really. I mean, I played it a little bit, but I mean, it was like this really weird vertical jumping, like you said, vertical jumping game. And I just remember there was like a polar bear at one point or like, you know what I mean? Like they, I mean, they yeah. ended up making that level in Smash Brothers that was kind of like Ice Climbers, but man, that game was weird. <laughs> oh, and that was a black box one too. Yeah. And we had to, we got to mention the box art because the box art that you would get on, that you would see, that would introduce you into the game, kind of to represent what the game was. Uh, but you would see that box art on the cover. And mm-hmm. still to this day, I love the Ninja Turtles. We keep going back to the Ninja Turtles. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Ultra. The first that one. Box, that box cover is still amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, that first one was really cool because it was really the only time where they depicted the turtles with their red masks. All of them were wearing the red masks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the comic books, that's how they were depicted, like that first run, right? But then, obviously, they to tell the turtles apart, they were like, well, we should probably change We should probably change the color of their face masks. We should probably give them a little bit of personality, right? And, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's where the cartoon kicked in. And in the video game, they have their right – the quote unquote right colored masks but on the cover art man it was awesome it was so cool to see and uh i always wanted i mean i know like the red masks are different now like i mean you're never gonna go back but i always thought it was would be really cool that if they ever made that gritty turtles game that i've always wanted if they would just use the red masks and how cool that would be i would man i would kind of love it in the Kawabunga collection, if that was just like a filter, you know, no mm-hmm. matter what game that you play, you get that filter of having the red mask. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be it's super a... cool. So, um, and of, of course, everybody, you know, we got the Mario Brothers three with that big yellow on it. I mean, Mario it was just this big yellow box with Mario on it. It's like, here you go. If you don't see uh, us, then <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're yellow. Right. Uh, Tech, I love the Ninja Gaiden box with Tecmo. Of course, when you look at Mega Man, uh, and you see that box art, uh, it's completely well. Actually, Mega Man One and Mega Man Two had a uh, Mega Man with a gun. It didn't come out to Mega Man Three when they actually was able to have that box art for that game. But mm-hmm. Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2 had that weird kind of look to it for the box art because American artists, they couldn't depict. Uh, at When Mega Man first came out, they didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. So they just had uh, some artists drawing and everything. And he was just like, I didn't have that much detail or anything, so I have to make it, make it what it is. Uh, and then Mega Man 2... Still, it had him as the as in the blue suit, but he still like looked like a man and not like a robot to what we know his mm-hmm. look now yeah. and everything. Yeah, and I think when when Kenji Unufine got his hand on it, he was just like, okay, I'm going to design the characters and stuff, and now this is the representation of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mega Man. Mega Man's a weird one too because like in Japan, he was called Rock Man, right? Because yes. they were going for the rock and roll thing, mm-hmm. and. uh Obviously, his sister's name is Roll, but uh, when they brought it over here, I, why did they change it when they came when he came over here? Um, I 
Uh, I I really don't know. There is some there. I think Capcom USA, uh, people wouldn't get it and stuff, and they would have thought that he would have been shooting like rocks and stuff or something. Mm. That may be the story. Uh, but maybe, maybe Capcom they just, just maybe they just thought we were dumb. Yeah, they just. I think they said the game wouldn't uh, sound right in um in America, so they went with Mega. I think Mega was was such a cool thing in the eighties. Uh, so I think they went with Mega because it was just like uh you know a hip thing with the young kids. So Capcom probably went with that. Uh, yeah. that's why when you watch the NES, not NES, uh, when you watch Captain Nintendo or Captain N. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear Mega Man with that. Hello, everybody. Oh, We're gonna gosh, do a dude. mega fight. You know, he mm. he kept saying Mega because. Can we talk about Mega Captain Man. N for a little bit, by the way? Because <laughs> yes. I mean, that really ties into the NES a lot, right? God, that cartoon mm. was so bad. I watched it religiously. Uh, so did I, but I mean, like, I, it just like it was bad. Like, you go back and watch it now. I was like, oh my gosh, mm. what is what is what is going on? What is happening in this show? Right? I mean. Gosh, Mega Man had the worst voice. And then, uh, man, it was just Captain N looked like, I mean, obviously he was, they were trying to look, make him look cool, right? With the Letterman jacket and like the, the Chuck Taylors and, you know, he was cool, right? But man, that controller belt though, I did like. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) the, Man, the character designs in that show had nothing to do with the quality of the show. <laughs> yes, it, right. This is this is Eddie animation, everybody. Uh, man, yeah, it was definitely outsourced to. <laughs> man, I just because because like, and when you even think of it before the, even the nineties, before like the Donkey Kong uh, cartoon and stuff. But I mean, even like. I mean, what what's Pit gonna do in this show, right? I mean, who's who's okay? So, Captain N and the Game Masters. Let's take a look here. The original run of show, right? Obviously, Captain N looked cool, but then you have like this weird version of Pit. You have this weird version of Mega Man, who's basically green. He has the dog, and then who? Is is that girl supposed to be Zelda in the show? Like, I don't know. She was some. She was another character made no, up because, for the show. No, because Zelda and Link are in the show. But so like she was just like no, his Zelda sidekick. Link, no, Zelda and Link was in Super Mario Brothers. There and they, I'm looking at a screenshot right here of like. Are you serious? Link. I don't remember there was, that. Uh, so it was a crossover. Okay, it was a crossover episode. Apparently there was a crossover episode that was really big. Uh, there was a Link Zelda crossover where Captain N and this giant Game Boy helped Link and Zelda save the whole world. But this version of Zelda <laughs> is like this. She looks like if Xena Warrior Princess had like a pink outfit on. Oh my gosh, this oh my is goodness. man. I for I so I haven't really watched this show since like the early '90s. So like I, all this is kind of interesting. All oh, Samus it, is in an episode. That's cool. It was a Saturday morning cartoon on Channel 5 yeah, on NBC. I know. I know. And then, like, the Tetris. There's a Tetris episode. Oh, my gosh. This is awful. Yeah, because he was Because ju- I, I think they had, like, musical videos or something or music would play, and he would go through different lands and warp and stuff. Yeah. And I remember the Tetris one was to the church's people who was falling, and he was. they were jumping, like, up on him. Yeah. And everything. 
Yeah, man, this is uh, <laughs> boy. Anyways, man, Captain N is just what a treasure of a show. When is Nintendo gonna release all the terrible TV shows into one package? <laughs> oh shoot! So it'd be so what, it would be the Super Mario Super Show, and then like the cartoons that came after, right? Super Mario Bros. Three, Super Mario World. Yeah, um, like so those three cartoons the bad no don't give me the terrible cg donkey kong show no i'm talking about the like the 80s and early 90s cartoons i don't want the bad dude have you looked at the way donkey kong looks in that show recently it's been so long since i've seen it but i remember that show coming on sundays boy and i didn't i haven't i've seen parts of it but i haven't seen the whole series yeah i remember so Aside from so good, good Nintendo cartoons, by the way, Kirby right back at you was pretty good. Yes, uh, great theme song. Yeah. Love that theme song. Yeah, that was on what the was that on the Fox? Yep, Fox Kids. Yeah, right. A, I think it was on right after that second Ninja Turtles show at some point. Uh, yeah, because I remember that's how I caught it. And that's when I became a big fan of King DDD. <laughs> His hammer. Oh my gosh, he's the best. Uh, but. So, okay, so back to, like, the 90s cartoons. You have the bad Zelda shows, Mm -hmm. uh, Captain N. What else was this then? Was there anything else back then? Um, I think Double Dragon was close to the 90s, I think. There's a Double Dragon show? I didn't even know that. Yeah, Double Dragon had a cartoon to it. We know Mortal Mortal Kombat was in the 90s because that was on USA. Yeah. Network. Yeah, Street, Street Fighter, Fighter had a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Um so this game is uh this cartoon isn't on a Nintendo console, but it was done by Capcom as an arcade game, Cadillac and Dinosaurs. Hmm. That was on it. Um well, was a video game, but it's based off a comic and Capcom did the video game and they did a cartoon for it. Okay. Um because it was it was after the Ninja, when Ninja Turtles got moved to CBS, it came on after it. Okay. Um, man, this we need to we need do to remember... do we need to do like a watch along of these episodes. <laughs> yes, I remember uh, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson. They had their cartoons. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But they weren't like a video game. I think that was pretty much all the video game stuff, um, because there was Street Fighter, the Japanese one, but that was all in Japan and stuff. Um, and they never did anything else. Oh, there was one because it wasn't Game Pro, but it was another uh, kind of tip show that had its own cartoon because it had the monster truck. It had this black guy. I think he was from Arch Rivals, but he was a basketball player. Mm. He had that cherry on it. Uh, and some other dude. I cannot think of it. Um, huh. But it was, yeah. Uh, it was, man, I remember watching it, but it was in the 90s. Hmm. You're, I don't know. I. I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to like just I'm trying to look some stuff up, but it didn't doesn't really say anything else than what we already mentioned. So 
Well, getting back to the accessories. So we had the public, which was a big thing. And definitely going back to the wizard, you know, with Lucas saying the famous lie, the public glove. I love it. You know, and he was playing Rad Racer uh, on it. He was um, playing Rad Racer with the power glove, first of all. I have Rad dude, Racer, by the way. That game is did, like. Did, look at the history of the power glove. Did not know that it had contained NASA technology in it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- that was like, because they were originally going to use that for like spacewalks and stuff, right? that technology yeah. and then nintendo was like well let's make games out of it and not very well man the power glove is cool though i always wanted one and i never had one i never had that i never had a rob i always thought those two things would be really cool in like a office type setting but i remember uh my friend he had the uh power pad um, for us to play, uh, track to play, field. Uh, track and field. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I ha- I have the zapper, which is like the only accessory I have for that. And then obviously, I mean, obviously, I have two controllers, but the zapper was like that was really the only thing I had. So, uh, so video power was the TV show, but video power, huh. yeah. Because it came on Channel 50, which was known before it was known for DPN. Yeah. Okay. With it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and Nick Arcade. I love Nick Arcade. <laughs> Nick Arcade. <laughs> um, uh, but. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. But, um, you know, of course, we had. Uh, we mentioned Rob. Uh, at that time, um, and then of course we had like the game genie, um, which was oh gosh, a big genie. deal. Yeah, which was a big deal because Nint- and Nintendo couldn't do nothing about it, but it was ruining people's systems and games because it was putting in cheats that it weren't meant for to be put in. Yeah, well, I mean, you're literally changing the code of the game to give you specific things, right? I mean, that was the appeal of game genie was. Uh... You know, in Mario Three, you had infinite P power the whole time, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Gosh, that was so cool. I never owned one, but my friend had one, and uh, we would use it for Super Mario. We would use it for Ninja Gaiden. And we would use it for. Uh, <laughs> we used it for Tetris to get all long pieces. <laughs> That was one of the codes, and like we ended up seeing the rocket ship take off at the end, uh-huh. <laughs> which like probably should have told us something about communist Russia back then about their game ending with a rocket boost. Like I don't know, it's kind of scary <laughs> to think about now, especially now. <laughs> but oh uh, wow, yeah, I don't know. Shouldn't probably really be laughing about that either. So sorry, everybody, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um man, Tetris though, man. <laughs> it was so like it was so boring. Tetris with all long pieces was so boring. Like you think it was cool cuz you're like, "Oh, I'm going to get Tetris every time and get a perfect score or whatever." And it's like, "Wow." No, it was so boring. Uh 
man, I just touch is just so good. It's just such, it, I don't, it don't need a game. You just need to just zone out with that game. I do every night before bed. Because I swear, playing that mug on the Game Boy and then playing it on the NES was just like mm-hmm. my comfort game on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the box art for Tetris 2 was awesome. Yeah. the blue... not, not Tetris 2, but Tetris also <laughs> was what I meant. God, no. Tetris 2. No. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, the, like you were saying, the blue and then like the colored blocks coming down was so cool. I, I used it on an episode of Expansion Pass recently. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the coolest uh, box arts I've ever seen. I just want a poster of that. Uh, yeah, um, I think that's when Nintendo started getting more into puzzle games because they did that Yoshi game uh, with the cookies. I think um, with that, but then they got into like playing a puzzle league and stuff like the Tetris mm-hmm. sixty four and stuff like. Uh, they started getting more into that like later on. Even Super Nintendo, I think there was a Nintendo did a puzzle game um, mm. for it, uh, which I have to do some more research. But you know, Tetris, like the ultimate version, if you didn't play it on Game Boy and you didn't play that arcade, it was the NES version that people were playing. And so yeah. now we got to talk about some of the bad games. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, so, we, are we going to talk about the good games eventually? Like our favorite games on the NES? That that's going to be our last question. Okay. I was I yeah. I mean, okay. Gosh. Can yes. I can I go first? Go ahead. <laughs> so, I brought it up earlier, but I had this game. It was basically a ripoff of Bayou Billy, which also is not a very good video game in my opinion. Yes. But it was uh The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and boy, did they Man, if <laughs> If that game was popular enough today, like back then, it would be ripped to shreds today because it was like it's, it's entirely racist, right? I mean, there's a character. Mm-hmm. I know this is this is gonna f- offend our indigenous like, community, but the character's name is Injun Joe, and they like to say his name a lot, and he's the bad guy, and it's just all kinds of messed up. There's also. Uh... <sighs> There's also a black character in there that uh, if anybody's familiar with the adventures of Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, you know his name. I'm not going to say it. Uh, that's incredibly racist. Um, and it's in there. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. So, like, looking back, on, I was like, why would you let a four or five-year-old play this game? Why would you let a five-year-old play this game? So... Anyway, like the whole premise of the game was you're floating down this river on a raft to try to escape from uh Engine Joe and free uh the the black character from slavery is like the entire premise of the game and it's real bad. The gameplay is bad, the story is bad, the overall theme is bad. So, yeah. Uh, well for <laughs> for me it was Strider on the NES and that one was different than the arcade version. And the reason why I considered as a bad game, the wall jump didn't work. Oh jeez. On it. So you were supposed to be able to jump up and, and it was the thing about it, and, and this was the thing with uh even Bionic Commando. 
uh, with a lot of NES games, if you did not look at the instruction manual, you would not know what to do. You a lot of kids just like get the game and play, but uh, it was it had this kind of Metroid vibe to it. This adventure game, but at parts of it, you to get up or some places, you had to like wall jump, mm-hmm. where there was no indication for you to wall jump up. Or anything and I remember trying for hours trying to get up uh, the certain section and I got literally frustrated and almost cr- was about to cry and cut the game off and said that I would never play Strider ever again mm-hmm. um, because it literally was a terrible game mm-hmm. um, I believe you know <laughs> uh, there's another one uh, that I actually asked for um, for my birthday, it's called Wrath of the Black Ninja. No, Wrath of the Black Manta. Um, and it's a ninja game that I I was so mad when the commercial made it look like, oh, this is a cool two D uh ninja game, and then when you look at it, it's just and play, it, it's so bad. I couldn't even beat the game and stuff. Like even it, it, they got representation, but you go look at this. You look at the game, and you look at the black characters. There's one character that looks just like the Joker from the Batman movie. Huh. Wow! And I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I'm doing Ed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that was you got another bad one, Corey. Man, I have a lot of bad NES games, I guess. Uh that the Simpsons game that I told you I got really good at the trivia at. Uh Bat, yeah. Bart versus the world. I mean, most of those Simpsons games were just pretty bad, but yeah, man, that's the Simpsons game was bad. The first Ninja Turtles game is not very good. Like it's interesting, but like from a gameplay perspective, it's just not very good. Like you want to use you want to use Raphael and Michelangelo first, right? Because they're they it's the game at the beginning is easier. And look, Donatello has the reach, Leonardo has the reach, and then Michelangelo to an extent has reach. But like, man, that just getting up close to any of those enemies is just bad news. Yeah, man, <sighs> the Goonies too. Yeah. For the NES, because uh, the movie never got uh, that there was never a Goonies two, yeah. um, and I did not know what to do in that game at all. It just it never told you anything, it never let you know where you're supposed to go. Like it was bad, yeah. You know, uh, I I was just like, uh, and RoboCop by Ocean was bad too, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the LGN stuff, like Back to the Future, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of the licensed stuff was real bad. Uh, a Nightmare on Street wasn't bad, but it was just challenging. It was kind of weird. Uh, great music, though. I do enjoy the music for that. What was the uh, What was the game? What was the bad game that fooled everyone that had the amazing box art? I forget. Something? T- towers? Something? Deadly Towers? No. Maybe I totally. No, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the game. I don't remember. It uh, had a knight on it, and you was going like, oh, 
Hold on. I don't, I don't remember. Keep going. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, because I think that... So if it was Deadly Towers, I think that was the name of it. You was like in you was like this uh, knight who would now for people who are into Souls games, th- I, to me personally, this is the originator of it because you had to literally you only got one life and you had to go up to I think it's like fifty some levels or something and you're in this tower and. If you died, you had to. There was no like continuous or anything. Um, you had to start all the way over from the beginning, and it was simply hard. There was no way to gain health back. If it was, um, you weren't getting that much. It it was a challenging game hmm. on the NES. Um, but I remember uh, like that one. Um, Yo no Yo Noi was one of it was like a really challenging game. Uh it was Yo and for people we talked about Yo Noi. Um because it was like the mascot for Domino's back in the eighties. Um and Capcom made a game of it. Like there was there was a way to tell a good Capcom game and a bad Capcom game. Like <laughs> Street Fighter twenty ten was a terrible game. Oh yeah, I mean the first Street Fighter game is awful. Yeah. Uh, uh Fax Anadu was the game I was thinking about. Ooh. Has a really cool box art, but it like it sucks. I heard I, I've never played it. I heard people hate, hate it. I heard people don't like that game. Yeah. Um There were some Oh go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say like you talk about box art though, like we iconic box art like the all of konami's games were awesome right they had that Mm. silver kind of wrap with the box art kind of centered in the middle right i just remember the castlevania box art and yeah uh, just how cool it was right like because it had like the green what was it like a yellow neon yellow or green font with the red behind it and then you just saw uh what's his face with the whip in front of the castle and Dracula's face in the background. Like I just, it was awesome. I just remember that box art being really cool. So, yeah. Um, Gradius had some good box art. Um, let's see. River city ransom. No, that looks like a cheap River city ransom. Look like a cheap movie poster. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, Um, like you, sometimes you get like the, Bad box art, like the bad box box art Mega Man, right? I mean, that was the big yeah. joke in uh, Marvel versus Street. No, Marvel. No, Marvel versus Capcom three with the bad Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, oh my gosh, dude! Mega the Mega Man box art is just really bad. It says nothing about the game. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> Doesn't even look like Mega Man. <laughs> Mega Man is a boy. <laughs> And they have this like forty year old man in a yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, and man, we didn't even just touch on the legend of Zelda with this gold cartridge. I mean, you we know? can. Why? I mean, why don't we? We're not really. We don't really have a structure to the show. We just talk about <laughs> what we remember. Well, it it was it was because kind of, you would think that Nintendo games would come in just that dark gray cover, and mm-hmm. to get this gold cartridge, it was something different, like. Well, For, remember the, the box material looked at different. I mean, even the box had the cutout in the corner because I mean the first run of Zelda cartridges was gold, right? 
Yeah. They did they did eventually release a gray cartridge one, but like they had a little cutout in the top to show you that it was a gold cartridge. Yeah. Which was cool. It was really neat. Yeah. I remember getting uh The Legend of Zelda, beating it, uh um but I more think about Legend of Zelda 2 when I got it because I was at a furniture store, <laughs> like a community furniture store in another city that my mom would go to, and mm-hmm. they had a cart full of Nintendo games. And the thing about it is I had a choice of getting Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde or The oh, Legend gross. of Zelda 2. So I got Legend of Zelda 2, and man, I was so happy to get that home and was getting my tail beat in that game. My mom, she let me play it like for an hour. Then I had to go to bed because uh, of school. Yeah. You know. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I remember Donkey Kong 3 uh, where you were like a hunter or some kind of person and you had to get Donkey Kong up into the honey thing. Uh and stuff. City Connection was one uh, by Jalico, and I think if people look at it, it was kind of a very anime um, box art. Like if you take a look at it, it, it was it was kind of weird. Rob had Wrecking Crew, um, and man, like there's just th- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I man, I remember Rygar too. I actually beat Rygar and Bionic Commando without the instruction guide. I I beat those games in one sitting, and that was hard. I, it took me a long time to beat those games. I didn't beat them till like 1992 when I moved in the current house that I'm in now. Wow. 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 So. Uh... Excite bike, oh, oh, excite bike, yeah. I I just remember like excite bike was like my cousin always tried to convince me that enduro racer was better. Oh wow! I was like, are, are you oh. sure? I don't. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> uh, did you play pro wrestling? No, no. Okay. Um, although I will. So with NES Online, with the Switch now. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> I think that there is. I think that there's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that I would like to try eventually that I never have, uh, especially now that I have the NES controllers for it. Um, I'd still want the Super Nintendo and the '64 uh, one, but we'll get there when I get there. If they ever put them back out, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I just Ooh. I feel like the best way right now is like Switch Online and the collections mm-hmm. that these third party companies are putting out uh, are kind of the ideal ways to start playing these games and really kind of figuring them out. So yeah, playing Tecmo Bowl. I feel like I would oh, get my Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, I would get my tail kick from Tecmo Bowl playing against you. I think. <laughs> Because you're so knowledgeable about football. Dude, it has oh, nothing like... to do with that. You just, you're the Raiders and you're Bo Jackson and you do the zigzag <laughs> run. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. No, nobody, if you are the Raiders, you are not getting past Bo Jackson. You just, you toss the ball and you run a zigzag and you win. It's so weird. Uh, I don't know. And it may just be my household. 
Tecmo Bowl was the football game on Nintendo, mm-hmm. and Joe Montana for was the football game for Sega Genesis. It was, and I had Joe Montana. I had like three versions of it. It was awesome. I, you know what? I didn't like to. Joe Montana. Was some... Dude, Joe okay. Montana had a, definitely had a definitely had a Tecmo Bowl type cheat code in it, where all you had to do was run a fake punt, and then all you had to do was do like. Spin moves and zigzag, and you scored a touchdown mm. every time. Uh, I think because EA made it uh, before they started doing the Madden games. No, I believe no. It uh, who did Joe Montana? Joe Montana football was done by the same. Hold on. I gotta look this up. It was not EA. Because I thought Sega had asked EA to make them a football game. Uh-uh. Before no, because Madden was on Genesis. I know it was, but I thought I thought Joe Montana came out before Madden, the Madden series started. Sega published it. Oh, you're right. Electronic Arts was involved in it. Because I remember Blue reading... Sky Software. Because I remember reading it, and I and I really thought I didn't know that EA had did anything with why, it because I why thought they, Sega mess. Why would they though? That doesn't I make really any sense. Don't, I don't know. They already I, had a successful football game. But was that's why I was wondering was Madden out before Joe Montana or was it vice Madden versa? was out. The first Madden came out in like the eighties. Because I know, was it Bulls versus Blazers? Was that the first basketball one that EA did for Genesis? I don't, I don't remember. Oh, was that the no? I think that was the second one. Yeah, because... Madden, Madden, John Madden football came out in 1988 by EA. Yeah. Man, I did not, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, me. Hmm. hmm. Well, no, that's not right either. Why are you? Why does it say 1988 on here? I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't know. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I guess. But, I guess that makes sense. 2008 yeah. would have been 20, two, Yeah, because 2013 or 14 would have been the 25th. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. My math was off. Never mind. Was it on? Uh, it was on Sega Genesis. No, Madden was. I think Madden was also on Genesis because you bought a Genesis for sports games because that's where the hockey right. game was successful and right because like everybody points at NHL '94 as like the best hockey game ever made. Man, Triple Play was the shoot. That was the the. I'm, I know Ken, people love Ken Griffey Jr. on Super Nintendo, but man, Triple Play on Sega Genesis mm-hmm. was the baseball game. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Um, RBI, I think it's RBI baseball or bases loaded. It's one of the baseball games that they actually let you be able to fight in before they took it out. It wasn't RBI baseball because I had RBI baseball for Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Man, Game Gear, what a whatever. Um, anyways, NES guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's just just some of our bad games. Now, Corey, let's. Do you think we should do like a top five each? Of I mean, our, I mean, our I games? don't know if I could do a top ten to be honest with you. 
uh, just because my NES knowledge is not very... I mean, like I told you, it was Mario and Ninja Turtles for me. And then mm. later on, the original Metroid game is, like, one of my favorite games of all time. But other than that, like, my NES knowledge is, like, poor. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say poor. I would say it's a- about average. <laughs> well, top three. Let's do our top three then. Because uh, I, I believe three games is, is fine. Yeah. Um, what would be your top three? All right. So my... I mean, do you, should I just name them all at once? Uh, yeah. My top three would be, and this doesn't go for quality. This just goes with how much I really like the games, obviously. Uh, my top three would be probably Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Uh, it sucks. It's It really sucks on the NES, but I, I love playing. Right. I mean, it was just like the first time you brought home an arcade game to you. I mean, it's probably the same it's probably the same way that people felt about bringing Street Fighter home to their Super Nintendos mm-hmm. for the first time, right? Is how I felt with with uh, Ninja Turtles. It was like, oh my gosh, this is basically the arcade game on my Nintendo. Uh, but it didn't run very well, right? It it there's no extra credits, so like the game wasn't really balanced for home play. It was balanced for arcade play. So like, I don't I don't know anybody who actually <laughs> beat that game. Uh, kind of like the first one, uh, but I just I really loved it. And then uh, Metroid, the original Metroid game, is going to be up there for me. I I know it didn't doesn't really age well. Uh, Metroid Zero Mission for GBA is actually a really good version of that game. I really hope it comes to Switch in some form soon. Uh, but that Zero Mission is the way to play the original Metroid at this point. Mm-hmm. It's available on the Wii U eShop if you can get it by the time that store closes. Uh, it's a great version of the game. The The pixel art is great. The music is great. It's just, it's a very solid, a very solid version of that first game, plus a little bit extra uh, at the end. So definitely play that. And then uh, Super Mario Bros. 2 uh, is just, you know, and we've had countless conversations about Mario 2. Yeah. The U.S. version, not not the Lost Levels, the <laughs> U.S. version of Mario Two. It's 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 great. Uh, having four distinct characters that have characteristic like different characteristics to help you beat the level is really cool. It actually like you look at that game and you can actually once you get really good and know, know the levels and stuff, you can actually pick which character you think would fit the best in that level and actually min max mm-hmm. your play like your play style and everything it's really awesome uh, not having any kind of power-ups is really interesting in that game it's really just straight skill to be honest and i really like that about it uh you know mario one you have the fire flower right and then mario three you have the tanuki suit and fire flower and frog suit and boot well, you know all the power-ups you know and love from mario but mario 2 doesn't have any of that you have the nope. magic carpet you have the keys, <laughs> and you have uh, Birdo's egg, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. Well, we can't forget you got the power block. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's from that's from Mario Brothers, though. No. Mario Brothers, the original. 
Oh, the original. The arcade oh. Mario Brothers. Not Super I Mario did, Brothers. I'm thinking of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, my goodness. No. I remember the power block. Because you would hit it and everybody would fall before yeah. you had a chance to. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, this, I mean, it does have kind of a different function in this game. Well, but... you want to know You want to know what I think I was so young when I played. Because I played Mario Brothers on the Atari. I, I mentioned that before. But I didn't remember the power block because it looked different in Super Mario Brothers 2. So I thought it was a new power up because picking it up mm-hmm. and throwing it. Like, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it does a different function. It has a different function in Mario 2, but it's still the power mm-hmm. block, right? So, uh, yeah. A little callback to our Nintendo <laughs> show, which I forgot yeah. we weren't doing until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know for me, uh, my uh, number three would be definitely Mega Man 2. Uh, I, I truly just love that game. Um, it was my Christmas game, and just hearing the music, fighting the bosses, fighting that dragon, like I was like, I felt so pressured with that game because. It like it really was slipping my hands and everything. Like I was, I wasn't stressing, but it was the first time as a kid that I was sweating on that game. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but it was just like fighting those bosses and you know hearing the music and actually learning to see what works and what doesn't. Like Mega Man Two was my game. Um, my number two would definitely be Double Dragon 2. Uh, was, and it's because it was the game that my mom got me for my birthday. Um, and I, I just... It, it was kind of the game that I could actually kill the second player to get extra highs <laughs> to beat it. That was the only way that I was able to beat that game fully out. And I had to play on the hardest setting to beat that game um, with it. So I had to literally use that trick. And uh, that Dragon... that. Uh, Double Dragon 3 is is questionable content garbage. It was just all around bad. Like, and I was so mad that I got that game. Yeah. That I printed. Remember remember uh Battletoads Double versus Double Dragon? Yeah. That that was a stretch. Now, I mean, I I enjoyed that game. I had it for Game Boy, but like mm-hmm. man, that game was a, just a <laughs> a mess. Interesting mashup. Uh, but my number one would definitely be Super Mario Brothers 3 um, because like going on the hunt to fight that game playing it at the arcade watching it in the wizard finding where the warp whistle was at but then actually playing that game playing all the levels and seeing how creative they were I was just like wow you know getting extra power ups the P-Wink uh, it it just felt like the best Mario Brothers on the on the NES, um, and I love to. Don't get me wrong, I love to soundtrack, the fights, uh, fighting Birdo, uh, Mauser, uh, hitting King, uh, not King Koopa, but you know feeding that frog uh, with the vegetables and. Seeing that it was even the indie credit music is so good and the animation of Super Mario Brothers two, even though I love all of that, Super Mario Brothers three was kind of like being able to play that game and then see my mom play it and beat it. So it holds like a lot of special memories for me uh, with that game. Yeah, I mean Mauser is definitely really a really cool boss. I wish they would bring back at some point. Yes. Uh, 
And then obviously everybody wants <laughs> like Wart is <laughs> such a dumb That's character. It. Is like gosh, like where are these characters? I mean, the only one they've really brought him back is Birdo. It's Shy Guy. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't bring back like Fry Guy. They didn't bring back the the three headed snake thing. Like they didn't bring back any of these characters. Didn't that mask one? That mask was scary. I hated that mask. Oh yeah, when it would chase you when you stole the key from the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like it just had like I I'm coming for you. Drop my key. You be like, okay, I need this key to open up the door. You go fly away. Pick it up and start running. I used to love Toad because Toad was the fastest, so he could get the key and dip off. And he was quick digging too when he was in the sand levels of yeah. Super Mario Bros. Two. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you then you got the like the you know the bird mouth that you always walk into, and then there's like that yeah. one. There's like that one level towards the end of the game where you go to walk in and he like tries to murder you. <laughs> yeah, and you have to hit it with that little top thing. Yeah, like throw it. Yeah, that was like, oh my gosh, I think it was like World, what, 6 or 7 or something? Yeah, and that was the only way that you, you had to defeat it in order to pass the level. Yeah. Because he, he would open up and uh, I think that's when we started learning about the uh, the power of 3. Yeah. Uh, because all the bosses were like 3 besides King Ward. I think he was like 4 or 5. Yeah, because you really didn't stuff. learn that in Mario 1, right? Because you just always tried to run under Bowser and put him in the lava because you had to hit the key on the yeah. end. But, like, yeah. I mean, Birdo was the same way, too, right? So. Yep. But Birdo was tricky because sometimes they were, like, he wasn't always throwing the egg. He'll throw, like, a spike out or a fireball. Yeah. And you had to be on your, uh, you have to be paying attention because he would change up the pattern yeah. and you would get that one egg and then throw it and then have to wait about 30 or 40 seconds to get another one to hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Birdo. What a dumb character. Birdo sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but the first trans character in the Nintendo universe, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before they reconned him. Or her, or it, or whatever. They. We'll say <laughs> they. they. Yeah. That's the safe pronoun, I would say. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but I think anything else about the Nintendo Entertainment System, I know we talked about Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Trust me, when we get to those other t- the 16-bit era of, of consoles, because, man, even graphics was good, but that that's, that's more me. Um, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, just that era. And, of course, it was, like, the thing for Console Wars. But those both, both of those systems had some amazing titles. Like, yeah. literally some ex- exceptional games. <coughs> Still to this day. <coughs> Still to this day, I think Sonic 2 and... <coughs> wow, Eddie, you right? You're dying over there? Yeah. Can't, can't be doing that. <laughs> Uh, Super Mar- I think Super Mario World and Sonic 2 are some of the bla- best platformers for each system. Yes, I love Yoshi's Island on uh, on uh, uh, on uh, Super Nintendo, but Super Mario World and Sonic 2 on Sega. Super Mario World on Super Nintendo on Sega and Sonic 2, just the music and the level design on Sega Genesis. That casino, that casino level, I still love it. Yeah. 
So. Well. But that was going to, I guess that's going to be it. Did you have anything else to add, Corey? No. I mean, the NES had a lot of good times with the NES, but I mean, most of it was obviously just <laughs> Mario and Ninja Turtles. And then, like, <laughs> I just, I just remember. So there's like very, three very specific things I remember about playing the NES, right? Like, I remember sitting behind my parents' couch with a small CRT with my, with like a little tiny, like, two shelf entertainment system mm-hmm. with my Genesis and my NES hooked up to it. And th- that was like all I did. Like, I don't know, man. Video games were just like, that was all I wanted to do ever. Uh, and then playing Marble Madness and Double Dragon at my in my grandma's basement with my cousin. And then uh, just really kind of going back and playing NES games afterwards and just, you know, playing when I didn't play, you know? And then that's... Mm-hmm. The NES is always going to be iconic. Yes. Uh, that controller is iconic. The box is iconic, even though it's kind of boring looking. But like, I mean, it's it's iconic. Nintendo, it made everybody called every single video game console up t- until probably the PlayStation Two, a Nintendo, right? It didn't matter if it was a Super Nintendo yeah. or a Genesis or a Nintendo sixty four or Saturn, right? Like everybody, just, you, we're gonna go play Nintendo, right? And uh, I don't know. Then there's there's a special place in my heart for the NES, uh, because it's, it, yes, I played, uh, Atari, like, Atari was my first home console, right, and I played a lot of Game Boy, but the NES was, like, the first console that was mine, you know, and, and I could play Mm -hmm. and, and be happy with the games that I had, and, uh, I just... I, I just I think the NES is an interesting and special and important console because without the NES we wouldn't be here you know pretty so. much yeah um, I know that yeah we would be doing a first... Sega podcast <laughs> it was my first console that oh goodness a Sega podcast it was my the first Nintendo podcast <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, it was my first console that was actually for me that my mom got me for my Christmas time and it was the console that kind of Christian the place that when I moved in uh, the house that I'm in now that I when I moved in I remember being in my living room mm-hmm. and the first game that I was started to play was Super Mario Brothers 2 I played it all the way through because I had to wait at uh, I had to wait at the house for my parents because they, they had keys but I think they were going to get extra keys and they had to go out and stuff and so I had to they had to have someone in the house uh, so nothing happened and I remember being in the house and uh, having my TV and having my Nintendo with uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 and going through that whole game without no furniture or anything, just in the living room, playing on the floor, that whole game. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Celeste to put in her thoughts of uh, her for, uh, of her memories of NES. Uh, she said, the NES was my first system. My dad plays video games too, so I've been fortunate to enjoy mini games i vividly remember how he would pick me up 
from preschool and play Super Mario Brothers, Sesame Street 1, 2, 3, Ninja Gaiden 2, and so many other titles. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, oh, I also had Ninja Gaiden 2, which I played a lot, and it was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was so hard that I just blocked it out of my memory, even though we oh, talked wow. about it like three <laughs> separate times on this podcast. Uh, that ego on Ninja Gaiden 1. Uh, but I beat, Ninja, I, mean, I beat Ninja Gaiden 1 and Ninja Gaiden 2. I did beat those. I just remember it was cool that you could get like this shadow ability and it was like yeah shadow ninjas would follow you behind you which was weird because when ninja gaiden 2 came out it didn't get an arcade port mm-hmm. the the only the only no the first original original ninja gaiden game was the only one that got a port but they uh, did I mean, get the that got, it did uh, get the ninja okay. gaiden trilogy on super nintendo yes which I is love... like incredibly difficult to find Oh yeah, I remember renting it from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, uh, it was called like West Coast, not not West Coast Video, uh, something Coast Videos, um, that we uh, no People's Choice, that's what it was. I'm sorry, um, it was People's Choice that was like up from my house, like fifty, like a ten minute walk that you every Monday you could get the gas for two dollars for three days. Mm-hmm. And so they had Ninja Gaiden there, um, and uh, they were, were selling Nintendo games for like fifty cent there. So me and my friends, we had like five dollars, and we uh, bought home like about twenty to twenty five games. Nice for our NES. Nice. So, but I think that's gonna be it for this episode of Standard Definition. Right now, we are going to do a ranking, but uh, right now the NES is in the number one spot. Yeah. Uh, uh, so for those of you who are listening to our MCU or Disney or Indiana Jones series, we are we're gonna take this approach with Nintendo consoles. Whether it's I I don't know. Are we gonna do handheld in this list too? Or are we gonna do handheld and and because I think uh, we should do the consoles and or like consoles and handhelds in order, but like mm-hmm. so like the next time we do this, I think we should do the Game Boy. But yeah, we can. Uh, I think maybe we should. Do you want to keep the set the rankings separate, or do you want to keep them together? I think it'd I think be we, interesting we should... if we did them together. That's what I was about to say. Keep them together, um, because I think with. There are some great handhelds and there are some great consoles, and to battle it out, because man, like, how do you how do you battle the GameCube versus the uh, Game Boy Advance? Like, yeah, I mean that's a uh, <laughs> that's gonna be hard. Um, yeah, because also we, it's we... gonna get kind of tricky. So we should probably discuss this real quick, <laughs> just to have a little extra content for you guys to listen to. So. I don't think in terms of the consoles, we should include virtual console. So like the Wii and the Wii U, I don't think that should count in our kind of presentation of the console, if you will. Like when we rank it, I mean, we could talk about how Mm. important that was, but I mean, when we go to rank it, I don't think we should incorporate virtual console. Right. Even though virtual console was such a huge point for the Wii 
I, I think like virtual console, even the eShop stuff like that. I think there are those are bonus features of on that console. Like yeah. they don't they play a part for I mean, it with the software stuff, but it's not its own kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, when I was playing Wii semi regularly, it was it was the virtual console stuff. It wasn't like the actual Wii games. I don't I don't even know if I own twenty Wii games to be honest with you. But although. <laughs> I have to tell you a story after we d- we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyways. Yeah, yeah. we're going to rank them, and it's going to be fun. Oh, goodness. The Game Boy. Like, how d- how do we not stop talking about the uh, Follow the Foot Clan <laughs> on right. there, et cetera? Also, uh, like, side tangent, I think I'm going to put these episodes up on the Pow Block feed. I know that this is uh, standard definition, but I think that mm-hmm. the nintendo centric episodes we should put up on the pal block feed just to have a to cross promote the podcast would be also i think our pal block uh fans would really enjoy this as well yes so um and everybody like Corey kind of mentioned earlier switch online do if you guys have it um, do visit some of these games that is on Switch Online for the NES. Go play it online, but if there's mm-hmm. some two-player, you know, get into the rewind stuff if things are happening. You know, even with strategy guys, if you need to, or play the SP versions of it, that's all welcome. Like, really check out some of these classics, and if there is a collection, like the Castlevania Contra collection, um, they have those NES ports on there, and the Japanese and European versions. So you get... Uh, more content to learning why it that system was a big thing when it came out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Corey, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me uh, co-hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast and uh, various other things here on the Boss Rush Network. Yes, you guys can find me. At, on Twitter at that retro code, you can find me hosting Nintendo Power Block Expansion Pass um, and other content here on Watch Rush Network. With that, everybody, come join us on the Discord. Let us know your memories of the NES or um, if you didn't have one and are planning on do some more Switch Online or other ways, I should say. Uh, we want to hear what you guys thought about these games, and do they still some of them hold up? Were something terrible? Uh, do you have some of the boxes, like for the box art and stuff? I, we would really love to know. Um, so with that, everybody, have a great week, have a great weekend, and we will see you next time on Set the Definition to talking about the Nintendo Game Boy. Get ready for that one. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh, my gosh, that episode's going to be like three hours long. <laughs> right. <laughs>